Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Hello and welcome to Ask Margaret from What Fresh Hell, laughing in the face of motherhood, answering your parenting dilemmas one question at a time. Today's question says, good morning. I found your podcast in 2020 and I love listening to you both. I am a 39-year-old mom of two girls, six and four. My mother was recently given a terminal diagnosis, specifically ALS. Margaret, you have spoken about the loss of your mother on the podcast. I was wondering if you have any tips or advice on how to handle the loss of your mother while also parenting young children, including how to keep her memory alive since they are so young. Thank you both so much for your podcast. P.S. I loved your first book, Amy. Hugs from Louisiana. I do have some advice on this. So I lost my mom five years ago. My kids at the time were like five through nine. And so I think one thing to keep in mind is age appropriate communication for this age range. So a six and a four year old, especially that four year old, is going to have a different experience of this than an eight year old or a teen. And I think the most important thing you can do is to speak pretty frankly with your kids about what's going on. And I know that this part is really difficult having done it myself. I think what's hard is that we're processing this for ourselves and then we need to process it for our kids as well. And kids, as we know, don't tend to have the best filters. And so they will ask things like, Is grandma going to die? Is it going to be painful? Is she going to have to go to the hospital? These are questions that we may not be totally ready for ourselves. So I think it can be a good idea before you bring your kids into the conversation to have a pretty stern check-in with yourself about how you have faced these questions yourself so that you're not dealing with questions like, Is it going to be soon or is it going to take a long time for grandma to die so that you're not dealing with these questions for the first time when they come out of your kids' mouths? Because I think that can lead to surprise and some emotionality that might not be the best for this situation. Listen, give yourself a lot of grace. You're in a very difficult time and it's not going to go perfectly. But I do think that one thing that can help is being really as prepared as possible for the questions that are going to come. I'm going to quote from an article in Psychology Today called The Do's and Don'ts of Talking with a Child About Death. This can also apply to a long illness. Do tell the truth about what has happened. Do be prepared for a variety of emotional responses. I want to drill down on this one. 
kids sometimes joke about things they don't understand. Kids sometimes play out things they don't understand. So you might see two kids pretending to wheel each other around in a wheelchair if your mom ends up in a wheelchair at some point during this process. You might see them acting out some things that they have seen. Um, You know, you might see them acting out funerals and things like that. And so I think it is important to realize that that's part of this process and it may not always be comfortable for you. Another thing is to speak as frankly as possible. Use words dead and died so that you know, whatever our tradition is, whatever we believe happens in the afterlife, things like, oh, they went to sleep, they crossed over, those kind of words can sometimes be confusing for a kid. So I think speaking as frankly as possible and then being emotional, it's okay to cry together, be comfortable saying, I don't know. I don't know why this happened. I don't know why grandma got this terrible disease. It's okay to offer that rather than feeling like you have to make up an answer for every question that your child has, because the fact is we don't actually have these answers. And so it's okay to tell that to your kid. I think one of the things you tap into is how to keep memories alive. And I think that's really important. Sometimes we feel worried that our kids or ourselves don't want to keep bringing this up. It seems depressing. It seems like, oh, let's just go on with the day that we're having. I think it is really important to talk a lot about loved ones who are sick or dying, to share pictures, to read books about grandmas, to dial in to like, and this is really hard for us right now because grandma is really sick and she's going to die. And these things are really difficult, but I think that trying to put it away on a shelf, kids see right through that stuff. So the more you can talk about grandma, talk about what's going on, the easier it is for all of you to process it and realize that it is part of our lives, that we might be laughing at dinner and then afterwards crying because we were telling stories about grandma and it made us sad. And letting everybody have their own bereavement story within the family, I think, is the key to making this work. And then lots of pictures, lots of videos, have your mom write down stories or record videos for the kids, and just be really intentional about how you make this time where your mom is gonna be sick and you're juggling a lot of things as meaningful as possible for everybody in the house. One thing you could think about, and they do sponsor our podcast, but Amy and I have both done it with our parents, is StoryWorth or some sort of memory keeper service where you put something a little bit more formal together. You have to make sure that it's something that feels comfortable to everybody involved, both for your mom and for yourself and for the kids. But making memory books together and really being intentional about, hey, this is going to end in somebody dying. And before that happens, we want to make this as meaningful as possible in a way that makes everybody feel comfortable. It's a super hard time and a hard process. And I'm really sending you my best as you go through it. And I hope that helps. If you have a question for myself or Amy, you can ask them on our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash whatfreshhellcast or come to our website, whatfreshhellpodcast.com. There's a little mic. You can ask your questions live. Thanks so much for listening. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? 
This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 